It is Friday, May 29th. Zach, we're back at it again. We're back. We're back. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute. We got to give the people what they want. There's a lot of stuff going on outside over here in America, Zach. Um, I don't know if it's right to talk about sports, but man, we got to talk about what's going on right now. Hope all is well in the UK because I know all the crazy stuff that's going on in America, you guys are seeing it pretty much. This is America, as my guy with Challenge Gambino would say. But <laughs> we got sports coming back. Of course, we're going to talk about the NBA. The NHL's already got their plan. But let's kick it off with the world sport, man. Let's talk about the, 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 the American – I'm sorry, international football, American soccer. Okay. It's coming back. Premier League June 17th. La Liga June 11th. I kind of feel bad for the Liga ugh, and the Dutch League, who kind of shut it down a little too early. Maybe they pulled the trigger a little too quick. Now they're kind of like, oh, snap. MLS is trying to come up with a plan right now as well to try to be done before American football takes over all the TVs. So uh, it's good to see that international football is coming back, Zach. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great because not only before we were focusing on mainly with MMA, you know, we're focusing sports coming back only in America, but now we're seeing the return of world sports. You know, football's coming back. The Bundesliga in Germany's already been operating for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Premier League on June the 17th will kick off with Manchester City versus Aston Villa. That'll be the first game. Even though it will be behind closed doors, you know, we're slowly getting back to normal in society. As of Monday in England, you know, groups of six can like be together and gather. Wow. So, yeah, exactly. So we're taking we're taking small steps. So with the rise of football, you know, coming back, we're seeing like sports in general come back and not just in America as we're as we're saying yeah it's uh that's all good to hear what I what I just saw though is that the police want Everton and uh, I think Liverpool is that matchup they want them to play at a neutral stadium because they don't want fans gathering and I guess Liverpool can clinch the table if they win that because they're so far ahead but they don't want fans coming so I'm interested to see how they're going to do it with neutral sites and fans gathering and you say groups of six which is dope but you know, the fanfare is what makes it, in my opinion, but it is what it is. more than six, that would, I think it's fair There would say. definitely be a lot more than six. In America, they're talking about doing 25% capacity at these stadiums. Uh, so maybe they can do that over there, which is a great for Dana White because Dana White's like, we got this giant-ass stadium in Vegas now that can hold 100,000. So, of course, we can put 25,000 people in that stadium and make a good gate. You know, it opens up. It can be out, it can be out with the outside. Uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. Zach... The UFC is back, as we all know, but it it's, it's a backpack because they had, the, they had a week off, and now we have, I believe, five straight weeks of UFC, culminating with the July 11th Supercard on Fight Island, apparently. And uh, it's going to be sick, but let's talk about it's going down tomorrow night as we just saw Tywin Woodley and Gilbert Burns. I called him Gilberto Burns for the longest time. That's not his name. It's, there's no O in it. Okay. I just assumed he was a very Brazilian man. No, it's just Gilbert. Gilbert Burns. Versus Tyron Woodley. I can't wait for this main event. It's obviously the one to see, Zach. In my opinion, the card is kind of, ah, oh, but it's an ESPN card. It's free. You got Chukagan on the card. You got a couple savages from the Contender Series on the card. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I want to hear your thoughts on this card before I give you the prediction. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's an exciting fight. But I think I'm really surprised that actually Woodley took that fight. You know, mm. he's, he hasn't fought since that loss to Usman at UFC right. 235. And, you know, because, you know, he's aging. He's, what, he's 37, 38. 38. He's 38. Yeah, exactly. Right and he, he's been saying how he wants to come back and get the title back. And for me, I don't think Burns is the fight to go get the title back. You know, he could have fought 
you know, tried to fight Colby, you know, that didn't happen. You know, same with Edwards. And I think, you know, he settled with Burns under these circumstances. But I feel that he did deserve a bigger, big, a bigger comeback fight, if that makes sense. But, you know, you definitely shouldn't write off Burns. He's a, he's a great, he's a great fighter as well. He's got a nice little win streak. So it'll be really interesting to see. But I think I'm going to have to go with the favour of being Woodley. Just just because of what he's done, his experience. And I, he's such a great all-round fighter. Yeah. Great wrestling, striking and power. And I think he's going to come out there with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, Woodley is 2-0 and when he has more than a year layoff. I think he's a guy who really wears and tears down his body from the wrestling, has that sick work ethic. Maybe he's recharged. He's put the rapping and the acting and all the TMZ stuff on the back burner a little bit. He's back to focused on this. He did have a bigger fight lined up, Zach, to be fair. I mean, he was going to fight Leon Edwards until this pandemic came down. And then Gilbert Burns is ready, willing, and able. He's in America. And I'm assuming the winner of this fight is going to face Leon Edwards or maybe Colby Covington if Tyron uh, comes out. Look, Gilbert can crack. And Gilbert just fought. He's still, you know, in great shape. We know what he's got. And he comes forward. He's fought in an empty arena already. People forget he was on the last card the Kevin Lee, I believe, Overa is who Kevin Lee fought? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, and, and March 14th over there. I actually remember walking. Yeah. I, I actually walked down the street. Side story. Walking down the street. This is the last day you can go to restaurants out here. So, actually, I walked. I had a slice of pizza at the Pizza Wagon, New York style, and then watching the UFC. And I was like, okay, cool. And that was the, the it of restaurants. But back to the fight. I like Tyron Woodley in this fight. I like the wrestling. I like the explosiveness. I think he has something to prove. And uh, he's a very, very, very good fighter, Zach. Tyrone is. is a very good fighter. Very good. He can crack. He's got a high IQ. And he's got to prove that that was just a fluke against Kamaru Usman. I don't like to say fights are flukes. I think Usman imposes will. He made it happen. But Tyrone has to go out there and prove it. This is really a crossroads fight for him because if he loses this, I don't know where he goes. But I think Tyrone finds a way to win it. The money is coming in on Burns right now. Looking at the odds, uh, Woodley's still the favorite. But money, the, the, the lines are getting a little closer. Gilbert yeah, can catch him. Fighter, so. it's, it's a good fight. I think Tyron versus Colby after this would be awesome. Unless the fight island does exist. Then you get Leon Edwards in, in there to face uh, Tyron Woodley. But I'm excited. I like how Tyron fights. I mean, Ty, you know, Tyron flat, flatlined Darren Till. You know, he fought Wonderboy twice. Uh, it, dude's a hell of a fighter. And uh, it's hard being a champion. Everybody's coming at you. You get everybody's best. So I'm good, it's good to see what he's got left, man. It'd be exciting to watch, but... I think there's definitely bigger fights on next week's card, UFC oh, 250. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Uh, UFC 250, you got Sugar Sean, the Bantamweight Grand Prix. Amanda Nunes is going to slaughter Felicia Spencer. Spoiler alert, it's going to be a beautiful thing because she's the female GOAT, and that's what the Lioness does. Put your house on Amanda Nunes. But I'm the same guy who said, put your house on Chris Cyborg. And <laughs> yeah, Amanda, that, Nunes, that Amanda Nunes said, oh, no, forget all that. Forget all that and then some, so. But as we just talked about, Colby, Colby Covington is in the mix. He's talking. Uh, he left his gym, American Top Team. He, him and Dan Lambert, his manager, they've parted ways as well. Colby Covington is a party of one. It's Colby Covington, Inc., and it looks like he's going to stay in Miami. He keeps talking that talk, and he's going to make his own team. He's got a lot of, I guess, training partners. We'll see what happens. Uh, but there's yeah, a lot of talking, not a lot of fighting coming out of Colby right now. I know, definitely in this situation, like, it's going to be quite hard to – you know, create a whole camp and a whole team. You know, he's something really good at uh, ATT, even though he wasn't causal with everyone, you know, in his in his recent training camp against Usman, people saying that he would just kind of be off in the corner doing his own thing. Right. Working with, is it Conan Sil 
was I the, think so, uh, yeah. I think so. Because some coaches didn't even want to corner him. Head coach from Amanda, same head coach with, as Amanda Nunes. He's also American top team. Right. Mike Brown obviously wasn't with him. You know, he had his own group of people there. You know, he seems to be, you know, he seems to be training well, you know. I'm still surprised that he left American Top Team because he's been with them, you know, you know, forever. Since he, out of college. Exactly. Same with like Masvidal. And I think I was really surprised because obviously his whole, his whole, you know, his approach to fighting is obviously a gimmick. Right. And, you know, we know he's, he's had his fallouts with um, Joanna, Dustin, Masvidal. But I think he was guessing on better terms with people like Dustin. But I'm very intrigued to see what he does in the future with this whole idea of like a new camp and a new team but did you see what he did he's like the ariel asked uh he's like you guys you're cool with dustin he's like well that was before dustin p head poirier blah, blah, blah. so i guess he hates everybody again it's part of the gimmick yeah it's part of just part of talking to the media i guess but you know i mean i'm familiar with some like uh mma teams over in america but i don't really know i think att is the main one and especially with, like Coke and there's and the black zillions too or whatever i don't know if that exists anymore but there was there's well, a lot of teams definitely in won't Florida. Be joining the black zillions after what he said about um the owner um you know about usman's trainer who had died you know leading up he used oh as that's a right usman's though. in that camp right so there's no way the usman yeah, were no Rashad evans that's... and all those guys yeah so i'm i mean who knows what else is out there in florida for him but i guess it's just going to be a waiting game we're just going to have to see i think he needs to move to trump country he needs to go train like in iowa or like with duke rufus like in the in the in the because duke they're they're based in milwaukee yeah milwaukee so it's like maybe he should just go train with duke rufus and pettis and cm punk because cm punk can teach him a thing or two as well they can do they can cut promos <laughs> together they can uh do some more wrestling talk and i'll tell you what i think the girls although the girls in miami or, or wherever, yeah, 305, he claims, are way more beautiful than the girls in Wisconsin. Sorry, I got friends who live in Wisconsin. I got a buddy who lives in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, another one in Milwaukee. <laughs> Sorry, bro. No Midwest cheesehead women are, are prettier than the women in Miami. Ooh, and if they ooh. were pretty in Wisconsin, they'd move to Miami or they'd move to New York or they'd move to L.A. and become a bartender because they're not staying in Wisconsin looking like that. Anyway, uh, that's a, it'd be a good thing. I want to see who, what kind of girls Colby gets for his uh, – for his promos it'd be good to see but that he pays for his promos yeah but i think you know back on the whole ufc 250 card as well as you mentioned the bantamweight grand prix that's going to be really really intriguing you know you've got o'malley versus wineland for me o'malley's one of the best you know he's the youngsters the up-and-comers undefeated he's he's really good for i think as well like young people getting into mma you know he's a similar age he's just a twitch streaming he's got he's got a great exciting fight style yeah. It seems like in his camp, he's put some more muscle on him, which is good. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think he'd beat Eddie Wyland, even though we shouldn't count him out. He's still a, a really Tough good veteran. It's a good, like, it's a good gauge, right? It's like a good measuring stick for Sugar Sean. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got um, Sterling versus Santagan. Yeah, that's a, that's a heck of a fight. That could be essentially a semifinal. Exactly, the man Sterling, who I believe should have fought Cejudo for the title. Yeah. definitely, definitely undervalued and underappreciated in that division. You know, he's really. I mean, I think ever since he lost to Marlon Moraes, I think it was. You know, he's been clawing back and he's been doing really, really well. And then we're seeing Petrian versus Aldo. Yeah, somewhere on Fight really, Island. Really interesting because he's Petrian, something a force to be, a force to be reckoned with. I think it's fair to say. Oh, absolutely. And we'll, we'll dive into that 
more next week. And I really want to talk about that Sterling. Sterling Sandhagen is like a real like 50-50 fight. Like I, that, could, I, that could really go either way. And that's what the odds say. Uh, but let's get back into, the, into this week's news, man. I know you're excited about the Bantamweight Grand Prix because that's your weight class, judging by how you're looking in this quarantine. But <laughs> I got to talk about Kamaru Usman because he's trying to stay relevant right now in the news. He's trying to get these fights, and they're not happening. It's all Everybody's playing the blame game right now. Usman wants more money. He can't fight Masvidal because this, this. That's the problem with Usman. Like, Usman's, like, kind of too dangerous to fight. And it's also the juice isn't worth the squeeze, right? It's like, okay, I'll fight Usman for the title. I'm not going to make money. I'm, rather, I'm better off fighting Nate, Connor, George. It's just like Kamara was in that position. He can't really – he didn't – him and Colby didn't break the bank on their pay-per-views. Like, that was the one to be like – for Usman to be like, this is my calling card. This is what I bring to the table. It didn't perform as well, from what they thought. A month after, George Masvidal and Nate Diaz shattered it and probably had the best – I think the best one out of the year. So Usman's in a peculiar situation. He's calling out McGregor. I, I would too. Why not? Why don't we call out a oh, way smaller guard? Usman is a giant welterweight. He's a massive welterweight. Uh, why not? And, it, you know, what's funny is they favor Usman by that much, according to Vegas, because they think Connor's got the, 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 the sniper rifle to knock out Usman, a guy who's never been knocked out. So I'm here for it. I don't know who Kamaru fights. I think they have, he eventually gets the fight with, um, with Maz. I think George and Kamaru eventually come yeah, together. Man. Zach, and then – Who's the other guy that, that's what Leon Edwards is, is sitting there waiting in the rings? He definitely deserves a title shot. I mean, I, I know that's your mate right there. He deserves a title shot, but Jorge already beat him in the backstage in Liverpool. And Usman's beating him as well. I think that's why he probably that's used right. to fight him again. Yeah, and, but, George, but George beat him. George beat his ass in the backstage. So it's kind of like Jorge already won that fight. So you got to do Masvidal and Usman for all the marbles, flying knees. All that and then some, Zach. What do you think? What do they do with the welterweight? What do you think they do? You're definitely right about that whole stigma with Usman, that he's not very good at selling fights, in my opinion. Though, If we look at his lead-up with Colby, it was all Colby. Nobody likes people, him. Like, there's not one demographic who's like, we love Usman. The only way, obviously, Usman gets a popular demographic because you know, he's a Nigerian champion. You know, no, if there was ever. that's incorrect because I, I've actually talked to Nigerian guys and they don't like Kamar Usman. Really? Just, he can't win it even in his own thing. So it's like... I, that's the thing. I think people, you know, with, before him with Woodley, you know, not Pete Woodley was a bit controversial, but I think now that Usman's the champ, I think people are starting to miss Woodley as well to a champ. Yeah, because so he really, would just come in and do stuff. Like, he'd be explosive. He may not, like, flatline a guy like Wonderboy in the first fight, but at least it's a good competitive fight. Usman kind of just... Finds a way to win. And we know yeah, in this world, Zach... about him as well. As well but Zach, Woodley, we all know it's not if you win... It's how you win now. It's like you got like that's why everybody loves Francis and Ganu, right? Every dude, every African dude supports Francis because this guy's just like Kamaru. He's got a style. I mean, he's, he's kind of like Mr. John. Is he the African? Is he the Nigerian John Fitch? The Nigerian John Fitch. I mean, similar fights so, though. You know, a lot of decisions. You know, he finished Colby in that fifth round, but you know, the bit longer than that could have gone to decision as well. Yeah. But I think definitely, if you're Masvidal. And you could potentially fight Connor or Diaz rematch, you know. If I were Masvidal, I'd be favoring that, especially for the money. Yeah. You know, Usman is even though he's a champion, is he a big draw? No. And Connor's probably going to be looking at that as well. And especially if Connor wants to fight Khabib, Usman is not the fight to make. He's a bigger Correct. man. And I'm still same at the same time, not shocked, but I'm a little surprised Usman did call McGregor out. I mean, McGregor's so much smaller than him. Exactly. And you're calling the smaller man out, but that that 
could indicate that his options are very limited. You know, he's just trying to, you know, use. And Ali's his manager, right? So they're gonna try and you know stir it up and try to make that fight happen. But yeah, that if you're reaching for a, a lightweight like that, you're really struggling to, to make a fight happen. Now I do think though the uh, this is take all the bias aside. I think the best fight for Usman is him versus Colby again. People already know it was a great fight that first one, not something that not everyone was expecting. And you, at least you have something to build off of that yeah. time. You know, Usman can go down the road that he, he closes jaw shut, you know, Colby with the trash talk. I think that is the fight to make. Because if you look at someone like Masvidal right now, he's a huge star. He's not quite Conor McGregor, but he's a, you know, he's a mega star. He's there. And he's, I think he's in that bubble now. He's in the Masvidal, Conor, and Conor. But Usman isn't quite there. I think the draw in the world's weight division is Masvidal being that yes. aggressive stays a lightweight. So I think the fight to make for um, Usman is Colby, considering how close it was. But, you know, I think where it's more exciting is definitely up at heavyweight. <sighs> Heavyweight's getting wild right now. We got to talk about it right now because we almost had a super fight. Uh, it doesn't seem like, like there was... So close. But it seems like there's not enough money on the table to make everybody happy, according to Dana. But now we have a, a, a triple threat, Francis Ngannou versus John Jones versus Dana White. They're all going at each other. Dana says that, you know, he asked for an absurd amount of money. John Jones is like, that's a bunch of crap. I never did all that. Then Dana White doubles down this morning, Zach, on ESPN. He says, he, if John wants to give out the number, he can give out the number. It wasn't like $5 million. It was absurd. So Dana White doubles down on this. But Dana's a master. And we talked about public negotiation before. Uh, off camera, I think. In a public negotiation, the players, in this case, the fighter, is never going to get the benefit of the doubt. It's always going to be like the owner's spot, the Dana spot. So they didn't want to pay for that fight. And Francis Ngannou, he deserves money too. That's a super fight for Francis Ngannou. You're going to pay him the same money for to Rose's strike as fighting John Jones? That doesn't make sense to me. So it is a super fight, in my opinion. It should have been an interim heavyweight shot, in my opinion, and make it and put Great. some money into it. But I get it. There's no gate. It's all pay-per-view right now. John Jones doesn't exactly break the pay-per-view numbers. He's not a huge pay-per-view draw, essentially, if you look at the pieces of paper. So maybe that's a fight you have to table until you can put it in the Raiders stadium with, like, 30,000 people. Um, but I don't know, man. Dana, Dana has been known to say things. Dana has been known to say, exactly. that's not the fight to make, a.k.a. not enough money. Or, you know, it's, it's crazy. What do you think, Zach? I think, well, look, coming from me, I'm the biggest John Jones fanboy. I mean, I think he's the go everything. But what you said about the pay-for-view draws, I think maybe who knows what he actually asked for. But I think he's right in asking for quite a high amount. If you I agree. At, oh, I agree. This is risk, a super fight. He's moving exactly, up in weight. If you look at the risk-reward, he's undefeated. Mm -hmm. He's coming up to face an amazing knockout artist. Right. You know, there's so much risk for him. And, you know, part of the, with the whole pay-per-views could be attributed to... All, maybe apart from DC and maybe Gustafson, most recently, his last you know couple of light heavyweight opponents haven't been at that you know popular level. You know, no one really knew apart from Hardcore who Reyes was, who Santos was, right? You know, for example, or Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith. So, and I think Jones has been Jones is on quite a high pedestal as well. I think a lot of people forget he's been around for ages. You know, a lot of title defenses. And he, you know, he's finally found someone who's kind of near, like, got the same star power as him. So why not take advantage of that and ask for more money? 
especially when he's been fighting guys who no one really knows, and it's just mandatory because he has to. He's cleaned out the light heavyweight division of lesser contenders. Yeah. So why not give him more money? I mean, who knows how much it was, but I think he's definitely right in asking for you know a large amount of money. As you said, it's a super fight. Super fight, sorry. And I'm sure Greg Jackson and Mike Winklejohn were behind that as well, asking yeah. him for more money. So he's definitely right in asking. So, in my opinion, yeah. But I think uh, let me let me take let me take the Dana's advocate here. Okay, let, let, let's look at it from Dana's side here. Okay, John Jones moves up. He beats my guy in Ganu. What's stopping him from coming back down? Is he going to stay at heavyweight or is he going to move him in heavyweight, beat the dude, and then come back down and face? Blakovich or Dominic Reyes again, right? Now you're kind of like, crap, there goes the heavyweight division right there. Like, it's done right there, you know? So I think that's, um, that's a big thought. And listen, John Jones and Dana White, they've had, a, they've had an interesting past together too because John Jones has all those incidents and Dana White's always been behind him no matter what, right? He's all, even, look, they had to cancel a UFC event. Dan Anderson was going to face John Jones and they had to cancel that. 151 yeah 151 that That, that got canceled so it's gonna it's an interesting situation right now with with all that and i mean for me for me uh i wouldn't uh i i don't know i i would love for him to stay at heavyweight uh there's more money up there but i wouldn't mind seeing him fight reyes again i wouldn't you know or they or they might as well just be like Move it up. It's just it, – it's, it's like a log jam at heavyweight. Yeah, I, think, I think he just does have to fight Reyes again first, in my opinion. But then Ngannou's got another option as well, and that's outside of MMA. Now now Francis Ngannou is like, look, man, I'm going to find one way or another to make this money. And your mate, Eddie Hearn, talking that talk on the Matchroom Instagram, saying I'd love to do crossover events with Dana. And definitely I'm all in on white Ngannou in 20. 20- 21. Not Dana White for Francis Ngannou, but Dillian White, the Brit, hell of a heavyweight boxer, gave Anthony Joshua all he could handle in a heavyweight championship fight. I would love to see that fight, Zach. That would Francis be Ngannou in some 10-ounce gloves against Dillian White. Somebody's chin has got to go in that fight, Zach. I think that's going to be a really, really, if that does happen, that would be really cool to see as well. I mean, Ngannou in boxing would just be great because Ngannou's predominantly stand-up anyway. So it'd be amazing what he could see to do in a, a boxing ring. And if he knocks out someone with the same caliber as Dillian White, imagine what that would do to his, you'd raise his UFC profile even, even more. Right. He comes back as a bigger draw. Because, you know, Stipe's talked about going into boxing as well. And we, exactly, we're not so sure of it. But Ngannou's, he's dived straight in head first. It looks like it. If that happens... And he wins. He definitely comes back as the A side for you know yeah. negotiating with Stipe. And that fight definitely, definitely has to happen from there. But if White versus Ngannou does happen, you know, great fight. Dillian White's only losses to Joshua, right? And it can be argued leading up to that fight, he didn't properly train. You know, in the second round, he stunned Joshua as well, and that's like one of the first times he was stunned in his career. It was great back and forth action. So. I mean, we're just, again, like during this time with every fight, it just seems we're just going to have to play it out. We're just going to have to see what happens with MMA. I think Francis Ngannou, if Francis Ngannou beats Dillian White, I don't think he goes back to the UFC. You just beat a top guy. You can make a lot more money fighting heavyweight boxing than you can heavyweight MMA. 
That's true. I mean, and Nganu, I didn't realize how popular Nganu. Nganu has 1.4 million Instagram followers. I think he's got more Instagram followers than like the rest of the heavyweight division combined. Because like Stipe ain't that popular. Uh, so it'd be interesting. Like, man, he's a highlight reel. He's hilarious. Uh, and he's a hell of a fighter. He's a hell of a puncher. He killed Cain Velasquez. It, uh, that's a sore spot for me. But uh, it's it's the dude. The dude. Everybody. Everybody against, except Stipe. He froze against Stipe. Uh, I would love to see that fight again, but it seems like nobody wants to fight each other in the heavyweight. Daniel Cormier is living his life right now. Stipe can't train. And Francis is just chilling in Vegas waiting for his next opportunity. I guess. I mean, I just to add quickly, it's funny that you say that about his Instagram followers because when we were talking about Usman, Usman's still got like a million followers. On does Instagram. he really? I'm going to pull it up. He does, yeah. He's still got about a million, I think. It's 1.1 million. So he must be clearly popular, but... Usman has 1.2. You're right. Exactly. So just maybe that's Instagram followers do not translate to uh, pay-per-view. Clearly not. Meanwhile, we look at Connor. Connor's got 36 million. Exactly. So who's got the bargaining power there? I think it's pretty obvious. John Jones has 5 million. And then Mosvidal has 2 million. So it's like, he had okay. I think like the two million is the sweet spot. If you have two million followers, I think that's the sweet Agreed, spot. Yeah. One million, two million is a new one million. Like one million is like, Meh. if you have two million, you're the shit, I guess. But yeah, I think it's fair to say uh, people in the NBA have got way more followers. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. I mean, I think the NBA is the biggest uh, social brand in the world right now. I mean, in terms of their athletes and their brands, the big. I mean, I mean, I can't compare it to people in the Premier League and La Liga. Definitely in China as well. Oh More yeah, NBA is massive China in China. The NBA, then there are all people in America. So, yeah, the, M- the NBA is global. Other fight, other fights coming up. That Dana White was talking about Peter Yan and Jose Aldo. I mean, that's just a big name fight. Aldo brings in the Brazilian crowd, and if Peter Yan somehow pulls it off, he's a beast. He's an animal. Uh, he gets he a lot of clout. It's like a, it's like a, like a, it's a, you know, it builds up the bantamweight belt. I see why Dana did it. You get a name in there for the belt. Yan can look good. Aldo looked good against Morais. That fi- I thought Aldo beat Morais. It could have gone either way on the scorecards, but that's my personal opinion. Uh, that's a hell of a fight on Fight Island. A Russian dude and a Brazilian dude on an island. I'm, I'm here for it, man. And Darren Till and Robert Whitaker. That's apparently a done deal. Yeah, apparently it's been it's in the works. That's that'd be a great fight. That'd and be hot, great to see. That's gonna be just war. I want to see it. And the last apparently Adesanya is gonna fight August first. Uh, that's just a rumor though. That's spreading around. Adesanya's date's gonna be August one, possibly on Fight Island. Uh, and I'm guessing it's gonna be Paulo Costa for that one. Yeah, that's the only option for him from what I see. Unless Conor McGregor fights Anderson Silva and Conor knocks out Anderson Silva and then we're going to go for champ, 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 champ. There's what no way that's happening. The There's real no quote will see. There's no way. If Conor could not make above 170. It's not happening. It's not if, happening. Hold on. Can we talk about this? for? Can we go into a separate world right now? <laughs> Let's go into a separate world. If somehow Conor McGregor knocked out Kamara Usman, and then comes back and somehow beats Adesanya. I don't even care if, I don't even care if Connor knocks out Adesanya. Connor is going to find a way to sneak out a decision in Vegas because you know and I know how Vegas is. The A-side, good, they get a little love. Connor, the judges are like, man, I love it when McGregor fights, brother. It's <laughs> for us too. So 
if, if he could find a way to just stay in the fight and steal rounds and somehow win a split decision, the world would explode. Do I think Conor McGregor is the greatest fighter of all time? No, he's not the greatest fighter. Maybe in terms of total package. Maybe in terms of if you put it all together with the money and the entertainment and then bring in the draw, then maybe. But he's not the number one guy to ever fight. You got to talk about Jones. I also got to give respect to Daniel Cormier. I think he is one of the greatest fighters to ever fight as well. Can't forget about GSP and, um, you know, Tim Sylvia. Can't forget about Tim Sylvia, dude. Was Tim a- Sylvia, yeah. Heavyweight goat. <laughs> Can't forget. And the great Michael Bisbing. That's another situation. GSP came back, took Bisbing, but I was like, yeah, I'm done. That, I don't think, John, I don't think uh, Dana wants that either. But there's a lot of interesting fights. It's Fight Island. Uh, I guess 176 would be that catchway for Anderson and Connor. I mean, do you want to see it? Because I would watch I mean, that. That would be cool to watch. Obviously, I'd definitely watch it. But I just there's no way McGregor, he, he can't even make 170. You know, so, weighs in about 168. I don't think he's going to make, you know, and the same with Anderson. Is he going to drop down that low? To 176. To, That's what they said. Yeah, I don't think McGregor could make that. So he fair. doesn't have to. He can weigh in at 168 or 171. He could weigh in with jeans on. I guess so. I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't want to get too excited because it's Connor. You never know. I'd personally like to see him fight Gaethje and then Khabib. But... Well, that's the. I think that I think they're gonna go Gaethje and Khabib first, right, to set up the most ridiculous run possible for for Justin Gaethje. If Justin Gaethje, he beat Tony Ferguson. That happened. Uh, if he beats Khabib and then beats Connor in a calendar year, if he beats Khabib, I mean, that's first of all, he beating Khabib is like fucking the undertaker right there bro that's like all time right there he's he's that guy can never go to russia again and then he's got to go and then he's going to face connor and he's he could beat connor i mean that's going to be a right i mean we're right in the middle and we're going to fight but then after he stated he stated recently that in his in an ideal world him and trevor whitman his coach said that he wants to fight khabib connor dustin providing he wins all of those and then he's out and And he's he's done. done He's got nothing else to prove. He'd make so much money on the Khabib fight and beating Khabib and then fighting Connor, beating Connor. I mean, he's got all the, he's got all the leverage in the world. And then he'd be, he avenges the Dustin fight. And then some way, somehow, Eddie Alvarez finds his way back into America. The underground he's fight thing. Eddie Alvarez to become, to avenge everything. And then we're going to have to listen when he fights to his wife screaming his name during fights. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, Don't. hey, I can't hey, take that again. Hey, man, I respect the dude. That that dude can take a beating. I still don't hey, know how Michael Johnson didn't knock God. him out. Did you do you remember that Michael Johnson Gaethje fight and Johnson hit him with that shot? Well, nearly, yeah, he's nearly. Well, I mean, that's Gaethje's first fight in the UFC. That's and I was I like, how the hell did he survive that shot? That should have knocked him out. Like that's crazy. The uppercut. The uppercut from Tony Ferguson probably should have finished him, too. That was a hell of an uppercut. I mean, shit. That was shit. a hell of an uppercut. Dropped him in the second round. But like, we, like I told you before, Justin Gaethje has that Mexican blood in him. And every Mexican you meet can either punch somebody out cold or can take a shot. And a lot of them, like Canelo, have both. Right, so it's just that warrior blood. This dude's half Mexican, and Tony's half Mexican. So I thought it was gonna, I thought it was gonna be the di- nope. It didn't. Ma- I mean, it, it kind of did, kind of cancel each other out because Tony was going to the death. Right, the corner wanted to stop that fight, I think, but Tony was going to the death. And uh, I love Justin Gaethje. If he somehow pulls out off uh, Zach, he is, that's that's a better run than Masvidal. That's that's just that's that is the iconic. That's an iconic run right there.
Nah, definitely. I mean, we're going to have to see what happens. But regarding him versus Khabib, I think what's going to be very, very interesting is Gaethje has mentioned one of the reasons why he doesn't wrestle. And that was because back, you know, in school, college, his wrestling style was very explosive and aggressive. And he'd always say, seven minutes of wrestling, I come off drenched in sweat, I'm knackered, I'm done, I'm tired out. And if he, if he results to that in the Khabib fight, you know, it's, it's inevitable getting down. You've got three certainties in life, and that's death, taxes, and when you fight Khabib, you get taken down. We all know that. So in that fight, does he use his explosive wrestling, and does that gas him out? You know, who knows? We're going to have to wait and see. But first, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with Khabib's dad, you know, because yeah. that could change. That could change the whole event of what right. happened. You know, wish him a speedy recovery, but we're just going to have to wait and yeah. see. I mean, we're one. I mean, we're one unfortunate situation away from a, a different title fight uh, and an interim title fight again. I mean, it's because Gaethje is the interim technically right now, so it'd be probably for the. I'd be for the undisputed at that point. Yes. Um, yeah, man, that's just going to be in. Fucking tense. I forgot what I was going to say, too. I was going to have one well, more. You're really going to say that we got some big movements coming from the NBA and coming no, back. No, I wasn't, actually. I was trying to remember something else regarding uh, Justin Gaethje, but I forgot. The dude's a savage out here. And uh, <laughs> that's it. The dude's a savage. I mean, who else fights like that? Nobody. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. We'll cut this in. I remember what I was going to say. Uh, Gaethje mentions that Habib just, he has to get you to the cage to take you down. That's his main – I mean, Barboza, that's one of those – okay, we'll take that away because he just bear-mauled Barboza, right? Makes but most of, his, most of his takedowns, he's got to get you against the cage. So Gaethje on Rogan was saying, it's all about the footwork. Whitman as well. If you got to keep pivoting and moving, don't get near the cage. you got to try and stay in the middle with them. But then Habib was like, okay, you're going to stay in the middle with me. I'm going to hit you with an overhand right like he did with Connor. So, I mean, it's – Khabib's getting better. And Justin, I think this is – I think this is Justin's, like, prime, prime, prime peak. I think this is the – Best Justin you're ever going to see. I think this is his his absolute peak. Uh, same with Masvidal. That's a fair I argument. I think this is the last. I think this is like the run for Masvidal as well because he's getting up there as well. Uh, phenomenal. I think they got to get the fights in. Connor's 31, so I'm, I, I see why he's clamoring for a fight because he's got to get back in there. I mean, they're all the same age. Connor could be Gaethje. You know, they're all near the same age. I mean, Ferguson's the one that's you know a couple years old. He was older, yeah. But everyone is more or less the same age. Same with Dustin as well. He's fighting Dan Hooker. You know, they're all similar ages. So, you know, it, it does work out well. So, we'll have to see. Zach, I'm, I'm so stoked that the NBA is appearing to be coming back very, very shortly. Uh, according, like according to Shams, who is like, it's, it's Shams versus Woj out here. And Shams got the scoops. Uh, the NBA GMs voted. And according to Shams... 53% of GMs, they want to go straight to the playoffs. 27% want a play-in tournament. So a play-in tournament would be the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10 seeds. They play, and whoever survives becomes the 7 and 8 seeds for the playoffs, right? So the last four teams essentially fighting for two spots. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it because I think you should reward the, top, the two teams that kind of earned it. Like, you're putting them back on the same level. Like, you're, not, you're kind of saying you're not really in the playoffs anymore. I feel like the seven and eight should deserve something. Maybe a buy. That would have been my thing. Maybe you go even a little more, expand it to a couple more teams and those guys. But it, it is what it is. I wasn't in favor of that. However, 60% voted for a 72-game season, which means every team plays about five more games. 
five to 10 more games, which comes into the group play, right? So playoffs plus is what they're calling it. They're not calling it World Cup, COVID Cup, whatever. 83% voted 20 or more teams, which is my preferred, my preferred style of the first round of the tournament. You mm-hmm. go five groups, is it four, four groups of five is what they're going with. And the top two who make it out of their advance, you got the eight, boom, you're already in the second round, right? And then higher seeds, obviously, would get the tiebreakers, and they would go into tiers and break it down and all that other stuff. So I think the draw would be exciting. It's another something to put on TV because I want to see who's going to be in the group. What if there's a random group of death, like the Lakers, the Rockets, the Pelicans, and, like, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. That's an interesting, that's an interesting setup, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of possible – the Heat or the Sixers. The Sixers are a sixth seed in the East. I don't want to play the Sixers on a neutral court. They're awful on the road. But on a neutral court, they may, be, they may be dangerous, you know? The Clippers. The Clippers are a great team. But they're used to playing without fans, right? So if you put them in a neutral state, they may have the advantage because they're used to the opposing teams coming in chairman all, right? It's going to be an interesting thing. Orlando, they got putt-putt golf, movie theaters. It looks like the MLS is going to go to Orlando as well. NHL's trying to find a way. It seems like Orlando's the hot spot. Disney World is popping. And at the same time, Zach, before I take it off to you, it appears that Disney World is opening up in July for people. So I don't know what's going on. Big news I, for you. That's big news for you. It's your I mean, I've been to Disney World. I go to Disneyland. Yeah, it's Mickey Mouse hat and you're there. Bro, give me the Mickey Mouse hat. I'm going to find a way to sneak into the wide world of sports, bro. 100%. I mean, I think it'd be interesting to see. I mean, NBA, I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of talk about when the season was going to resume. But if they have a facility, if they do do it at Disney World, let's say, why not just continue the season? That's, that's what I say. I mean, look, I'm not saying I'm going to know. I know everything about the NBA. But from my perspective, why not just continue the season? If you have a facility that's, you know, that's big enough and it's eligible for the games to uh, carry on, then why not finish the rest of the season? Maybe it's what you said, just cap it so maybe they don't play the full 80 games, is it? Yeah, they don't want to play the full 82. So you cut 10 games out, which is yeah, okay. You can make games, that up with the World Cup style. Yeah, I think I think that would be the the most reasonable way to do it for me personally. Yeah. Or I don't think you should go straight into the playoffs, you know, because everyone would be a bit rusty. Just have a couple games, like five or ten games, as you said, to get back in. And I think that's where it will kick back off, and you know, we see because this season has been very very exciting. It's been a a good season before all the corona, to be a fan. This was supposed it's to be one of the most exciting season. seasons ever, right? With the Clippers exactly. and Kawhi, LeBron, AD, KD, Kyrie. I mean, it's a, it's a wild situation. You're right. You know. And then I guess they want the season to end no later than October 1st, obviously because of the NFL. General managers want larger rosters. That makes sense. That way you can have more players and because they got to get back to game shape, game speed. And this was almost a split. 53% wanted traditional seeding, one through eight. 47% wanted reseeding. So they wanted teams, once you advance, you reseed it back up. You know what I mean? So if somehow a seven beats a two, they reseed it back up. For me, that would be interesting if they reseeded because I think if they reseeded it, the Lakers would be on one side of the bracket and the Bucks and the Clippers would be on the other. So the Lakers, in a normal family, would have probably had to play the Clippers and the Bucks back to back. But if they reseeded it, they get to, the Lakers get the advantage. So I kind of dig that as well. So I'm, I'm for the reseeding and the World well. Cup thing. Yeah, I, think that's, I think that's the best, the best way to do it, definitely. But, but, what I'm not for, but what I'm not for, Zach, is what's going on in Major League Baseball right now. There's a lot going on in baseball. Zach, I know they don't play baseball over there. 
the, the Red Sox and the, and the Yankees played a series in London, I think, last year. And they were supposed to go back again this year, another set of teams. That got canceled, obviously. So that's the extent of baseball in the UK. However, for people who don't know, Major League Baseball has probably the best union in all of sports. They always get what they want. And right now, it's a battle uh, between the owners and the players. The owners are trying to cut costs. Uh, they don't want to pay their minor leaguers. I'll give you an example. The Oakland Athletics, the owner is worth $2 billion. He didn't want to pay the minor league salaries. It's like 400 a week per player in your minor league system. 400 bucks a week. That's less than unemployment. To pay every player in his minor system, in his, in his like youth system. I don't, know, I don't know. In Europe, they got like a, a, second, a second team, right? So it's like to pay everybody in the second team, it would have been a total of $1 million. $1 million for the whole year. A whole, whole year. The guy got $2 billion. Man's like, no, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. So it's a battle right now. The, the biggest agent in all of baseball, Scott Boris, is saying, the owners want to bail out because they don't have money because they're so in debt. They borrowed so much money to build their stadiums and, and to build this and all that stuff. So they really don't have the revenue. And they're asking them, okay, you want us to take a massive pay cut? Let's open the books. That's unrealistic. Go to your boss right now and tell him to open up the books. That's not, that's not, that's not, that's, that's not real. What's crazy is, Zach, is they originally asked for a 50% pay cut. That's fine because you're only playing half the season, right? So it's going to be prorated. Then they came back and said, look, we're going to need you to take an extra 30% off. So they're asking players to take an 80% pay cut. That is outrageous. They're asking the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. I don't know who you know who he is. Mike Trout's the, be the biggest name in baseball. He is the fuck. He is the best player in baseball. The guy was scheduled to make $35 million. Uh, with this, he's going to make six. Okay? So it's like, whoa. Like, wait a minute. That's how you're going to treat the players in the different brackets. It's outrageous. I think it's – and obviously we're going to have those people who are like, eh, they're playing a game. They're already making millions of dollars. I get it. I get it. But they're the 1% <laughs> of the 1% of the 1%. The best doctor in the world is making the highest money. The best this guy is – it's the 1% of the 1%, and I understand it. And the owners are trying to do this because they know public negotiation favors the owners, and they're going to be poo-pooing. Oh, the players don't want to play for the fans. One in four Americans are unemployed. So when Billy in North Dakota sees that, he's like, oh, these greedy-ass players don't want to play. Look, if this season is canceled for baseball, it's over. Baseball has had the most strikes in any major sport in America. This would be the death of baseball right here. With NBA moving into the summer, come on, man. Like, baseball, they can't be this stupid over millions of dollars. The, 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 they just came off the highest – Revenue season. Last year, they made the most revenue ever. And the owners have been, you know, they're, they're trying to do the things. The owners want to bail out. The players want to make what's, what's theirs. And, I mean, they got to have a season after that. Are they going to come back and pay them on the back end? It, it's very complicated. What if a team, my favorite team, the Dodgers, they just traded for Mookie Betts, who is probably the second best, the second best player in baseball, right? They gave, up a, they, gave up, they gave up stuff for him, right? Last year of his contract, he's due to make a lot. He's, he's a free agent after this, right, Zach? If this season's canceled, does he ever fucking play for us? Or like, does the trade get rescinded? Are they going to just – it's, it's going to be a mess. They got to have a season. I mean, they can't be the only sport in America to cancel their season. It's, it'd be a huge black eye. They got to figure this out. It's millions of dollars on the table. Uh, and a, a shout-out to David Price, who is a pitcher. He's the guy who throws the ball. He's the pitcher. He's one of the highest-paid guys in baseball. And since the owners don't want to pay the, the, the small the, – the, what, what would be a minor leaguer in, in the Premier League or the B team? Oh, Who would be like – it would be like a B team, right? Yeah, I mean, like you have a reserve team. So here what we call it is the under-23s. So okay. Team... So let's just say – let's just call it reserve teams, right? They're like yeah. – if somebody gets hurt, they call them up, right? So David Price is like 
You don't want to pay these guys. I'm going to pay them out of pocket. So David Price is a, a good dude. Shout out to him. He's paying <laughs> yeah, these guys. That's, that's awesome. So it's a shame that the billionaires can't do it. But it is what it is. It's going to get messy. It's going to get ugly. Uh, but this is, this is what happens when you have a strong union and strong-headed old owners who want, to, who want to keep it old school like that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I like what I'm seeing from the NBA. The NFL is going to look like – they're going to go on without a hitch. You know why? It's the NFL. They own a day of the week in America. They are the, they are they make so much money for the United States. I'm sorry, they're gonna be they're gonna go, they're gonna go on as normal. That's how I feel, and uh, everything else is gonna be great. But what else isn't back to normal is that Mike Tyson is yoked. Mike Tyson yeah. is yoked. Shame. I know you're excited about Mike Tyson getting all in shape. You just saw that he had a Che Guevara tattoo on his. I, was, I didn't didn't realize. I was, I was so stunned. It's like what is that Che Guevara? I didn't. I didn't, why would you have, I was just like so confused. I was like, why would you have a Che Guevara tattoo on him? I'm surprised that the eye tattoo didn't shock you. It was the, it was the rib tattoo. No, I mean, the eye tattoos, I think it's quite like, normal now. Like, I mean, everyone's seen it. But for me, I'm excited if Mike Tyson does come back. I mean, look, you know, he's oh. definitely well past his prime. He's older. But for someone who's, who's young, I never got to see Mike Tyson fight. But this is a 53-year-old Mike Tyson. A 38-year-old Mike Tyson just got washed in his last fight, 15. What is a 53-year-old Mike Tyson going to do? I love Mike Tyson. My, he is one, he's my favorite fighter ever. Do I want to see him fight a young guy? No. If, he, if he's going to fight an exhibition, sure, yeah, why not? The, the pads don't hit back, Zach. Everybody can look good on the pads. A lot, everybody can look on the heavy bag. But once yeah. the motherfucker's throwing back at you, it's a different beast. And I like, and the reason why Tyson got a really good, he hyped this up is because he went to wrestling. He did AEW. Now he's in AEW with Henry Cejudo, Rashad yeah, Evans as part of his Belfort, posse, and Vitor Belfort. And Vitor Belfort, who apparently was supposed to be in one championship, didn't happen. I mean, he's just chilling. He's just chilling with them. Chilling on all the TRT, and uh, he's facing Chris Jericho. And I love Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. And I love it. But Tyson, he couldn't tear his shirt. He, was tr he couldn't tear his shirt all the way like Hulk Hogan. And we want this guy to fight. We want this guy to fight like a Shannon Briggs, who would probably give him trouble. I'm not going to put – well, I think Tyson's younger than Luis Ortiz. But I'm not going to put him against a, a, a guy like, like a top 25 guy. I wouldn't even put him against a Dominic Brazil. I wouldn't even put him against like a – I'm trying to think of the guy Tyson Fury just fought. Otto Wallen. Otto Wallen could fight. Like that's a very, that's a very dangerous. I don't know if that was the guy who cut him, who cut him in the eye. Man, that was also Wallen. Yeah. That was Otto Wallen, right? Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's. Do I want to see it? Sure. Will people want to see it? Absolutely. I mean, people would love to see Tyson Holyfield in an exhibition. I think Tyson beats him, but I think it becomes like kind of like a like a like a like a sparring session. I think because they kind of like each other. Like Tyson has to find a guy that he wants to be an absolute murderer with. Like he needs to find a guy who who lights that ego again. And I just read this morning that uh, the, a New England promoter offered him a, a million dollars to fight Peter McNeely again. For people who don't know who Peter McNeely is, Zach, I don't know who you know who Peter McNeely I is. Think I think – is he the person – He's the, the goofy white dude. When he came out of prison. Yes. So, basically, yes. guys, let's give the recap, okay? So, Mike Tyson comes out of jail. I'm sorry. Mike Tyson comes out of prison. Okay, Mike Tyson comes up. Look at the man's neck, okay? I have a video, Zach. I'll send it to you right now where he's doing promos for this fight. The man's neck is out of control. He is the scariest human being on planet Earth right now at this very time. Mike That's Tyson slow. comes out of prison. He's fighting Peter McNeely. 
who looks like a prison guard. And he, I give it to Peter Mealy. He went for the kill. He was going for it. Like, guys would have just, like, tried to just box and run. Peter McNeely was trying to knock out, fresh out of prison, yoked Mike Tyson. And it was the greatest two and a half minutes ever. Would I want to see a rematch? Sure. Why not, Zach? Why not? I was if Peter to fight Peter a 53-year-old Peter McNeely? Sure. Why not? Let's make put it on Fight Island. But for people who don't even have you seen the, the have you seen that video of, of Mike Tyson doing the promos for that for that fight? I think the only thing I saw is that when the video. Let me say this video. Yeah. This man, Mike Tyson, is sitting with Don King, right? He's sitting with Don King and they're doing the promos. He is scary, right? It's he's so scary. He messes up a line. Nobody corrects him. This guy instead of Cox Cable, a COX is a company out here in America at that time. They were they were a cable company. This guy says Cox Cable. He stares at the camera. Nobody says anything. Nobody corrects. And he's like, oh, it's Cox Cable. And he starts laughing. And then everybody starts laughing. This has got to be dealing with a like a wild lion. Like, that's the craziest thing ever. And then, and then he gets frustrated with Don King, who's yelling at him to say all these lines. He hits Don King in the ribs, and Don King goes flying halfway around this, this dude. And, yo, and look at the neck on Tyson. I'll pull up the video right now. I'm going to put it on the screen because this is one of those I can put on the – I can put up. Look at the neck of Mike Tyson. Look at the, the chain. The chain is losing the battle with his neck. There is not a scary human being on the planet right there. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. Jesus. He's looking big. He's looking, he's he's looking massive. huge. massive. That guy was doing 2,000 push-ups a day probably. Like that he's dude. getting that swole workout in, that prison, that prison that workout. That prison workout. Can you imagine if you're in prison and Mike Tyson is in, your ce- in, the, in the cell? Like, it'd be like, yo, he probably just wrecked everybody. Like, who's fucking with Mike Tyson and like that? But I just love that when somebody when they said Peter McNeely, I don't even think about the fight. I think about the promos that he's doing with Don King, and everybody's scared to correct him all time. Uh, and, and that I, stare down. That's what I did see. That stare down when he's just staring at him like he wants to rip his head off. And oh, that and he's just in the eyes. That's Peter McNeely. And Peter, he looks like he just got knocked out in the in the parking lot. And Mike Tyson's like, I'm gonna, my God, that is like. It's like Peter McNeely slapped his daughter. That's how angry Mike Tyson was. And Mike Tyson went for death. And that was great. I think Tupac was in the crowd as well for that. I don't know if that was the one that Tupac got shot at, but I think Tupac was there as well because Tupac and Mike were very tight at that time. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? Because I'm cool with Mike being in pro wrestling. I'm cool with Chris Jericho flying around the ring for him, you know, throwing some punches and stuff. I'm with it. But, uh, and people who don't know, in WWE, when Tyson last appeared in WWE, he actually knocked out Chris Jericho. So it came back full circle in AEW, Zach. Well, I go, need a sip of water. Give me your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, after that, after that run. Hey, now, man, yo, Peter McNeely, dog, I don't know. Yo, that's bet. somebody's grandfather. Yo, I don't want to – that's somebody's grandfather who's going to get obliterated by Mike Tyson. You better take a sip of that, that free water there. That, I got, that L.A. fruit water. Hey, man, I'm a big uh, infused water guy. I got lemons and limes. And I want to know, Zach, maybe you know, why do limes sink to the bottom, but lemons stay up top? That is a science thing. Maybe there's more citrus. We're going to have to dedicate a whole podcast to that. That's, that's a huge topic. I so, can dedicate uh, a whole podcast to Mike Tyson <laughs> doing cable promos for his fight against Peter McNeely. 
Now, I think, look, I've never seen Mike Tyson fight. You know, obviously I wasn't alive in the press. Right. Obviously, seen clips. It would be really good to see him fight. But at the same time, look at, I know it's a different sport, but similar. Look at Chuck Liddell, someone who was an absolute brawler, a monster in his prime. You know, he comes back after an eight-year layoff against Tito Ortiz. That wasn't even a fight. Vicious knockouts, you know, from people like Rashad Evans. You know, vicious, vicious knockouts. And, you know, we, it's really, really sad to see. And do I want to see that from someone like Mike Tyson, who's such a cult hero to people who were growing up? You know, people who don't even watch boxing or fans of boxing know Mike Tyson. Right. And he just represents that era of boxing. It's the same effect as Michael Jordan. People, right? He, ha- he is. He's got that aura. Jordan, exactly. The, and can I tell you something real quick? Yeah, I'll tell you something. Right. At the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder uh, media thing, right? I wasn't there, but they show cameras. Yeah, Vander Holyfield's there. That's cool. Lennox Lewis. That's cool. Chavez. When Mike Tyson walks into the MGM, silence, and everybody. Oh, I mean, he is the only guy. I think Mayweather can walk in and people be like, cool, that's what I mean. When Mike Tyson walks in, it's like a fucking god walks in, bro. That guy, I didn't see him fight in his prime. Obviously, I was young. The fights I saw him fight were, actually, I do remember. He, I actually remember watching with my dad and a whole bunch. We saw Holy, the Holyfield fights, um, but stuff like that, like the later end, like when my dad was hyping this dude, like Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. And then for me, you know, being a kid, I'm like, he just bit, the, he just bit Evander's ear off, but. You're right, Mike Tyson, absolute savage in his prime. And I get you want to see him fight. I think it's for nostalgia. It'd be cool. Got to be the right opponent, like Peter McNeely. He's got to have a tough – I don't want to see him do bare knuckle. I don't want to see him yeah, fight Shannon it. Briggs. I don't want to – you know, I, I'm, I, I, but I'm with you. I, it depends on the opponent. May, yeah. That's it. I, I, don't, I, I have nothing else on Mike, bro. Tyson is just that dude. It was either, he's not the greatest boxer ever. He's not the greatest heavyweight ever. But it's just like when we talk about Connor. Total package and a, a, a true, a true savage to the end. Have you, heard the, have you heard the Michael Jordan story at the charity dinner? Have you heard that story? No, but so, before you say, before okay. you say that, I, have to say, I think, talk, talk, talk. I think if you know Frank Bruno, the heavyweight, the British heavyweight, he wrecked boxer, Frank Bruno fought for Tyson twice. Yeah. I think it was him that said that he would rather fight Lennox Lewis once a month than fight Tyson twice a year, I think it was. Yeah. That's a quote to really just show how great he was in his prime. I think if he does fight, it would be not it's not gonna be like corrupt, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a winnable fight for him. It's gonna be yeah. a it's gonna be a Connor Cowboy sort of thing. Where an easy matchup well for him that where he should get the nods. But anyway, what we tell me about what if he fought a celebrity? Dinner. What if he fought like a celebrity kind of boxer? What like like um Michael B Jordan? Michael B I was Jordan. Say like a Mario Lopez, like <laughs> like a, a guy who actually gets down in the ring. But there's no heavyweight like actors or something that get down in the ring like that. So <sighs> I don't know, but yeah, Tyson is that Tyson is that dude. But I want to go back to that Michael, that Mike Tyson, yeah, Michael about, Jordan. Tell story. me about this dinner. So 1988, there there's a charity dinner in Chicago that Michael Jordan is hosting, and back in 1988. Mike Tyson is the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. He's one of the most famous people on the planet. This is before Jordan was famous, essentially, because this is back Jordan was still young. Uh, they go to Chicago. Backstory, Mike Tyson is uh, married to Robin Givens, is his wife. Before that, Michael Jordan and Robin Givens dated. 
So according to Mike Tyson's manager and Michael Jordan's agent, they actually both confirmed this. They're sitting at the dinner and Mike Tyson is just staring at Michael Jordan the whole time, not even eating. And out of nowhere in the middle of the dinner, he says, hey, Michael, I heard you were fucking my bitch. And the whole place freezes. And apparently Michael Jordan doesn't know what to do. He, he, does, he looks around. He's like, should I go? Should I move? And Mike Tyson is staring at him like a shark against the seal. So there you go. That's the kind of shit Mike Tyson used to do, I guess. That's I heard you were fucking my bitch. What do you do? Like, what are you going to do? And then if you knew, if you knew that after they, after they divorced, Robin Givens went to Brad Pitt and Mike Tyson drove to Brad Pitt's house. Like, I mean, Mike Tyson is a savage out here. Clearly. And that's yeah. it. And shout out to Frank Bruno, because that dude, that dude can fight. But uh, I think the power, the power is always the last to go at the end of the day, right? I mean, he's obviously got the conditioning back. The speed is there for a, a, a senior division guy, but the power never goes away. And, man, if that guy touches you, holy moly, he's still hey, – a lion is still a lion at the end of the day. A, a savage is still a savage. And he's a true savage. He's been a true savage his whole life, bro. And, like, my 13-year-old nephew knows him as the guy from The Hangover. They don't know him as this animal in the ring, right? But that's my Mike Tyson rant. I could talk about, man, we could find another. We should just have a Tyson rant every week when we find a clip and he just says something outrageous. But a weekly Tyson rant. A, a weekly Tyson. A Tyson Thursday. That's what we got. That's, that's what we may have to do, man. But shout-out to Tyson. Shout-out to uh, AEW. It looks like Henry Cejudo is going to go the wrestling route uh, for a bit, you know, make some money, maybe actually elevate his, I think he, what, what I'm thinking is he's trying to elevate his brand more so he can come back to the UFC. And I don't know, man. He, wants, he said he wants to get into real estate, like take the ally of Quinter He's out. just talking though. He's just talking right now. He's just talking. He's going to get that itch. Henry Cejudo is a competitor. And not only is he a competitor, he's a winner. He's a winner in every level of his life, right? So he's going to go to AEW. He's going to elevate his clout. He comes back. He brings that Brock Lesnar-ish pay-per-view crowd, right? He's, you know, he's going to add pay-per-view. By, oh, I want to see Henry Cejudo. He kicked Chris Jericho's ass. He can kick uh, uh, Joseph Benavides. The best case scenario is if Joseph Benavides wins the title. That way, Cejudo can avenge it. I don't even know if he can make 25. I'm just talking out of my ass. 35, you got to figure it out with TJ, Cody, uh, uh, not uh, uh, Sterling, all those other guys, right? And then he can even come back and fight at 45 if uh, Volkanovski still the champ because Volkanovski is a short, stout 145. It ain't a Max Holloway who will pepper and salt you for five rounds and beat you down, right? So I'm all for, I'm all for triples. I mean, we talked about Vito Belfort. I, w- I don't know if I was more shocked to see Vito Belfort or Rashad Evans. But, and the guy from the Jersey Shore was there too. So uh, it was a... Uh, there's a lot going on, man. A lot going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a good week for, you know, this has been a good week for sports being reintroduced back to the world yes. on, a global, on a global level. Not Malls just are that. opening over here, too, which is, which is nice. I mean, you can, you, can do, so you can actually go to a mall with distancing and all that. And I guess I, I just uh, saw next Friday, I think I just saw something come through the timeline. Next Friday, there's going to be another lift. So slowly but surely, Zach, the world's coming back. Uh, obviously, I can't go to you. You can't come to me. 
So, uh, but we're going to stay in our pockets and keep it regional. And maybe we go to Fight Island, but it is what it is. You know, maybe. You never know. You could see a too, too legit show in Fight Island. That would be, that'll be a spectacle. Yeah. Us two and Dana White doing the, the, the tests every, uh, twice a week. That'd be, that'd be there awesome. You there you go. I mean, that's something to look forward to in the future then.